I think you can have a story that you're in control of as opposed to being a victim of life, which without yoga and intentionality, you're, you're going to be. Welcome to the show. i got a great guest today, Bill Rexford. I met Bill in the fall of 96 when I moved out to Oregon to join the Portland Ales Lacrosse Club. Bill's a great guy. He's a longtime coach, teacher, educator, has been in the public or private school system ever since he left Dartmouth College in, uh, in 1990. Anyhow, Rex gets into his introduction uh, to yoga by a former Persian Gulf War veteran who was back in the early 90s showing a bunch of functional movement to Bill and a bunch of other younger players. And uh, it really was yoga poses that uh, this guy had actually packaged in a different way. And uh, it wasn't until later years, Bill realized that he actually was doing yoga back then with this guy. And Anyhow, Bill's got a great perspective on life, the mind-body connection, um, dealing with injuries in your 40s and 50s, and also just thinking about the long-term perspective when it comes to uh, physical, mental, and spiritual health. Anyhow, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Good morning and welcome to the show, Bill Rexford. Great to have you, Bill. It's really nice to be here. Thanks, Derek. So, Bill, I was I was mentioning earlier that I've known you for probably, I mean, probably close to 30 years, somewhere around that, that um, which is really hard to believe. I know. Uh, I feel like we're still that age. We're still- <laughs> I think we're, we do feel like we're still that age. Uh, and we, we met um, playing club lacrosse out in uh, Portland, Oregon. And uh, it really does feel like, you know, a year or two ago, but, um, but time has moved fast. And I think um, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to invite you onto the show was um, I think you already had this mindset when I met you right out of college. I had just moved out to Oregon that um, you looked at life and athletics and, and everything through a bigger lens, uh, a lens that had, you know, I guess it was somewhat of a, of it's more than just the game on the field, uh, the ball in your stick or, or, or whatever it is. And, uh, I also know that along the way you got into yoga. I'm not sure if you were into yoga then or what, but I do know that you've, um, been into yoga at different points of your life. And, uh, anyhow, I wanted to bring your story onto the show. So if you could maybe, uh, start us where and when we, were you in your life when you got into yoga? I, I don't even think it, I knew it was yoga when I was doing it. Um, it was coaching lacrosse in Hillsboro, Oregon in century high school. And it was just a, a startup bad news bear kind of approach. Um, and so we would, we weren't allowed in the weight room because we were not a varsity sport and I don't think the school even had a weight room back in the day, but we did have this gentleman. His name was Craig Schimmel and Craig was the offensive line coach for Beaverton was a military officer and just was very much into functional movement. And he didn't know anything about lacrosse, but he promised me, he's like, you do this, you buy into this and our kids will be strong. And most importantly, they won't get hurt. And so I was all in because I was still playing lacrosse and I participated with him 
And we would have so much fun doing cats and dogs, but it was very vocal. So when we were doing the cat, we were meowing. This is a bunch of high school boys doing this and the dogs were barking. And um, we would go from, you know, a plank. I don't know the exact phrase, but we would go from a plank and kind of scoop underneath and then, you know, scrape, scrape our chest against the mat and we'd come up. Yep. Uh, to Armbridge. What's that called? Like an up dog? We, we would do an up dog, but yep. he would say, the cops are chasing you and you need to get underneath the chain link <laughs> fence. Yeah. And so we were just doing it and we were imagining these movements really, um, you know, in real life, we would do fire hydrants. I don't know if you call that, but we would be in our four, uh, point position and raise our legs up and be like a dog urinating on the fire hydrant Yep, one leg at a time. And this was when I was heavy lifting, power lifting, thinking that was the way forward for my, what I wanted to do athletically. So I was doing deadlifts and cleans and bench press Yeah, um, at the same time. And I found this though was we would just do these workouts. I found myself just looking forward to not just lacrosse practice, but the conditioning and this kind of holistic approach to fitness. Um, yeah. It was wonderful. And so that started me on it. And I didn't know it was yoga. I just thought this were exercises we were doing. And it wasn't until we moved down to California to Ojai, where I taught at the Thatcher School it was an epicenter of meditation and yoga. And we started to go to yoga classes um, that I, Oh, that's what this is. That's what we're doing. Yep. Um, so that was kind of my introduction to knowing that I was doing something called yoga. You were what late twenties around 30. Uh, gosh, I was so young with that team mid twenties. And then yeah. up until I haven't really stopped since then. I think it's interesting that you and I, you know, I think we know when we're young what we wanted out of life and kind yep. of like the pure heart and energy that we were. Yep. And now we're connecting again. But there's for sure time where I this spiraled out of my life, right? And I think it's it's come back in. I've had to accept these practices back in. I think I rationalized not doing it or not having time for it. Yeah. Um, but now it's back hundred percent. So let me jump back to Craig Schimmel. Did you get the impression that he he had done some yoga and that he was he was bringing this stuff to you guys and just repackaging it so you guys you guys wouldn't get hung up on the fact that it was yoga? At one hundred percent, yeah. Um, and he believed in it, and it became a thing for us. Our warm ups were fifteen twenty minute practice. Yeah. We would be doing walk-ups and cats and dogs and cobra and python and the other teams would just stare at us like what are they doing because mm -hmm. they were traditional you know right static holds and a couple claps yep we were so loose uh kind of fit our renegade kind of attitude just to be free and loose yeah no in, in hindsight back then it makes me think about um how much we've come since then. But, you know, in that time, you know, so you're saying you guys were doing sort of down dog, up dog, a little cat cow pose, uh, doing some of that um, sort of like pails and rails type, um, 
hip stuff a little bit. Is that kind of fair? That's very fair. And he was not a doctor or a practitioner, but he had enough experience where uh, I remember a player said, you know, I, I pulled my calf and he immediately realigned the hips, put him in some poses to relax. Yeah. So that was the first time I saw don't treat the symptom, treat the problem. It, it was really a very gentle introduction to not direct, very indirect and just through observation that there's, there are other ways to a, approach problems. So, so when you got uh, your then girlfriend, now wife, you and Sandy got into it, do you think you both were looking let's go do this or did, they, did she kind of draw you to it or uh, do you remember? Oh, I, I have to say I went just because of the room and the people in the room. Yeah. I was still a young man. Yeah. Very much in love with my wife, but there were other reasons to go. It was a fun <laughs> place to be. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so would you say thereafter there was a little bit of, of yoga in your life or would you say you, you kind of step, took a step away for a while and then got back into it? I suppose what's happened now, um, I never stopped the dynamic stretching and the yoga. That's always been a part of my routine. Yeah. I think just the new level now that I'm over 50, if I did not have this mind-body connection, I don't think I'd have a way forward with all the athletic and physical things I want to do. Yeah. And to know that um, I'm on a, on a journey that I'm still getting better despite setbacks and arthritic knee and back and it's just part of the journey. None of these are roadblocks. They're just obstacles. And overcoming them is as much satisfaction or just accepting them and knowing that I can compensate for physical limitations. But I, to be honest, I don't know how people my age, our age, continue if they don't have this mindset. To accept that, oh, my right knee has arthritis and I can't do something. What's the end of that story? It's over for you. What are you going to do with your time? But if I can accept that my right knee has limited mobility, but I can still move and perform these functions, I don't see an end to my enjoyment of being outside, of participation. I really feel like I can do what I'm doing for the foreseeable future. I'm 53 and I feel like I, I, there's no reason there should be a decline in what I'm doing. Hey, if you're enjoying this interview and you've got a great story for how you got into yoga or you know somebody else who might, email us at gtypodcast at gmail.com and help other guys get into yoga. All right, let's get back to the interview. You know, younger people might get into yoga because, you know, uh, you know, it's a great way to, you know, build muscle or drop weight or whatever. Um, but I think in, in our age, 40s and 50s, you start to realize that some of those injuries you got in your 20s come come back to haunt you. And uh, that might manifest in a surgery at some point or it just becomes a nagging issue. Uh, and, uh, you start, your body starts to, you know, 
compensate for those limitations. And then the next thing you realize, you've got other issues that are happening and things that are happening. And so pretty, pretty soon, as you sort of know, you sort of assume, well, I can't do that anymore, that stuff. And so you kind of totally back off. And I think the things that I've learned in my own yoga practice is yoga is actually a great way to bring a lot of intelligence and awareness into those injured spots or spots where you have a lot of tension because of uh, injury or patterns and work through some of that stuff. Like yoga is not going to fix a torn labrum. Yoga is not going to you know, remove arthritis, but yoga will help you stabilize those joints so you don't make the labrum worse and you don't let the arthritis take over your joints where you have less range of motion because you've been avoiding the discomfort in the arthritis. So yoga really becomes a great way to keep the body going and also just like cultivating your own awareness for your body beyond just tension and tightness and stiffness. Um, so I totally agree with you. Would you, do you look at yoga now in a, in a um, as a daily or weekly practice? And is your practice like more about before you go do something else or do you dedicate time to do a bit of yoga on its own? So my morning practice is really quite simple. I turn the coffee machine on and I will begin with uh, neck rotations, loosen up my spine, and then I will hit ankles, knees, and I'll do some uh, indulation, some kind of standing, everything standing yep. at this point, um, and just check in with my whole body. And it's been wonderful because the slight improvements, if you do it every day, become noticeable. All of a sudden, it feels like all of a sudden, but I'm noticing I can turn my head, you know, past 90 degrees as I look side to side. And so it's the practice, like, I think, as you said, it's like a check-in with how I'm doing, but also I find out where the edges are. And at this point, I, I really want to know where my edges are with my joints, my body, my mobility, but also the mindfulness that goes with that, the emotional check-ins as well. Because if I find that I'm holding my breath in a movement, it's I'm holding my breath and it's not just a physical hold. There's something my mind has taken over. There's a thought I didn't know I was holding on to. And so I can breathe into the thought and realize it's just a thought as well as in to the yoga position that I'm in too. Yeah. You know, I would say definitely it's a check-in and I would say over time it becomes more than just a check-in. Like you are almost like um, building more intelligence in your body. There was something I was reading the other day about how, um, you know, you, you're aware of fascia and fascial tissue, right? Yes. So that connective tissue is apparently older than our own nervous, our own central nervous system. And this gets back into that mind-body connection, you know, your, your body able to uh, tell you a lot about what's going on. At the same time, you can use that deeper connective tissue to, to sort of retrain your body. And so when people look at uh, yoga and they say, well, I'm just too stiff, I can't do it, I'm too tight, I'm not very flexible those people who are flexible, maybe some people are just naturally flexible, but people become more flexible because you're, you're pretty much by doing a regular yoga practice on a regular basis, or even just 
somewhat consistent consistently, just like shooting a lacrosse ball with your weaker hand over time, you teach your body how to do that. You teach your body how to get into a deeper, let's say warrior two pose, or you teach your body how to move up and down um, into uh, a shoulder stand or a headstand or whatever it is. Like you're just basically teaching your body how to do it and your body's learning how to do it. And um, if you have an injury, there are certain things that probably don't make sense, but there might be a lot more uh, range and ability in the body that you just haven't even, and I mean you, I mean anyone out there, haven't tapped into. So 100%, like it, at a minimum, it's just checking in and awareness. But then beyond that, it's like you're really kind of just um, tuning the network and improving the network over time. Well, that's where my coaching has infiltrated. I mean, it, it, I, you know, I'm really good. I've been doing this for a long time. I can manage uh, a team of 30. I can run a clinic of 50. The kids can have a great time, but what I really love to do is work with kids one-on-one and teach them how to listen to their body and to realize, okay, we've changed the drill, but your shoulders are so tight right now. You need to breathe through the chest. Why don't we put your energy into your left foot on this throw and just focus on how the left foot feels right now and just kind of look for trigger points in their approach to an athletic performance so the kids can start to reflect on how they're approaching skills and pay attention to their bodies as they're trying to perform. Um, I've even gone to the point now when we're doing our, our box drills no gloves and I'm looking at their hands to see how hard they're gripping their stick to make sure that their wrist and fingers are relaxed at certain times and looking for opportunities to learn. And that means we're looking for things they can't do. And if a kid is competent in one thing or, okay, where's the edge for this kid? What do they need to work on? So it's become much more personalized um, in my approach that's on the lacrosse field, but I think the yoga approach also works in my role as Dean and checking in with the kids emotions before they come into my office to talk about difficult things, we will do an emotion check and they'll share with me how they're feeling and why. So either we can stay with that feeling or we need to do a shift. So they are able to be optimistic and resilient and be more open to formative instruction and and to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. There's two great points in there. The, the first one you hit about kind of knowing your body and how you move. You know, I look back all the way back to high school. I, I remember, you know, if I was running across the top and looking to shoot lefty, how I shot that ball was, was different than how I shot the ball righty. Like the mechanics, the cadence, everything was different. And if I were able to go back in time, I'd probably work on shooting lefty with a smaller range of motion and trying to learn how to how to shoot more like the right side, or at least try to use both sides to figure out how to become intelligently a better shooter on both sides by by working with that a little bit. Because you just assume that you have to shoot this way just to get the ball relatively on cage. And the reality is you just don't spend a lot of time working through that intelligently. Um, some kids are probably able to pick that up faster than others. But, um, and same thing with like hitting a golf ball. If you ever took a lefty golf club as a righty and just try to think about hitting a golf ball lefty, I mean, it's, it's a, it's really hard to do, but 
you could teach your body how to get some kind of decent contact over time. And it may not seem like it's worth it, but you are at least learning how to um, reverse sort of the um, the timing of the muscles. And that kind of intelligence and that kind of movement is going to help you when you're you know, in your 70s, where you know know how to use your body as efficiently as possible and hopefully try to avoid uh, repetitive patterns that, uh, you know, kind of hurt the joints over decades of use. The other point you made about emotions, I think the thing about yoga that can really help as well as knowing how you feel in your body. And ultimately yoga is a meditation practice, but, you know, doing yoga on a regular basis, even the physical aspect, pretty soon you get more tapped into the mind. And I think, as you say, kind of knowing the emotion of someone uh, can help you with them and dealing with them. But if you also know your own emotions and what's driving you, Usually people kind of check into the, maybe the, the, the negative emotions, but even when you're in a really good mood, being aware of the fact that you're in a good mood and noting, knowing what decisions you make based on your mood and emotions, whether they're good or bad and trying to make the best decision as possible. Yeah. We're kind of segueing into, you know, my work with the students and honoring their emotions. And uh, when I say honoring all of them, so I'm not ever going to tell a kid that they shouldn't be angry because anger can be really good. There's some things that make me really, really angry. And I want to use that energy to act in a way that's more constructive. So I think the first step is to have the kids first, just really honor how they're feeling before they try to regulate that feeling. So their actions can be not cause them more work later on in their day or week yeah. or life, but it gets them to the place they want to be with their relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So knowing that a lot of guys who are listening to this show are probably in our age group, uh, maybe they're in thirties, maybe in their forties and fifties. It's sort of the, the demo that I'm trying to reach because I think a lot of younger people, especially younger guys are getting into yoga earlier. Um, they, they see it as being more accessible, more, uh, in line with some of the functional training and movement and just uh, overall fitness work that's out there. But the guys in our age group, you know, I don't think many of them probably uh, have spent much time considering yoga or thinking about yoga because either they think it's not for them or they just think they're not flexible enough or they just don't want to slow down the class or they got other stuff going on and just don't have the time. What would you tell guys uh, who are listening the benefits of yoga that you think they're missing out on and why they should get into it? I think it'd be easier to have them imagine if they don't change, what is their story? How are they writing their story if they don't begin to bring intentionality to their daily approach? It's not going to end well. They won't be in control. They'll be not happy with the result, but yoga and an intentionality to your thoughts and movement each day, there is a way forward that is sustainable, productive, and enjoyable. Um, I don't feel like I'm going to be a victim of life circumstances now. I will be able to deal with whatever is thrown at me. It may not be pleasant, but I have practices and habits that will allow me to to get through the adversity that's for sure to come. 
And if you don't have intentionality, I think they'll get it, but it's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be brutal. Um, I think you can have a story that you're in control of as opposed to being a victim of life, which without yoga and intentionality, you're, you're going to be. So even if you can't do anything, going to a studio and just thinking about your movements is the start. That's where you're starting. A year from now, that's not where you're going to be. You're going to be better. There's no doubt. A month, you're going to be better just thinking about your movements. It's a great way. It wasn't as funny. I was expecting you to probably return to some of the things about taking care of your joints and your body. But I think it's an interesting perspective and a very true perspective, the fact that, you know, once you, as you get older, once you lose it, it's hard to bring it back. But yoga helps you to be able to keep those things working right, keep them working long and healthy. And uh, you don't, as an older guy, want to find yourself in a place where there are some aspects of your body that might be very hard to bring back. And uh, you're going to have less choice and control if you are physically limited in doing certain stuff. And also just the mind too. I mean, that's a whole nother sort of muscle, so to speak, to work on. I think you've been hitting that throughout this conversation. Um, mind control, body control, mind-body connection, all of that stuff. So that's a great answer. Well, Bill, great to have you on the show. Uh, as always, I feel like you bring so much to the conversation and we always can go in a lot of different directions, but um, this has been great. So thanks for your time and uh, we'll see you on the field. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be a part of it. All right. Thanks, Bill. Well, there you go. Thanks for joining us, Bill. You always drop some great gems in our conversations. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for dropping in.